Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to subscribe, rate, or review the podcast on Apple or Spotify, whatever your chosen platform is. It means so much to me, and I'd love to hear your feedback as well. So please do Instagram DM me, Twitter message me, TikTok message me, whatever. I'm basically everywhere these days, but I do love to hear from you. So yeah, get in touch. This week, I'm joined by journalist and poet from London, Chloe Laws. Chloe is the founder of F Girls Club, a platform fighting misogyny, which I bloody love. She has written for the likes of Glamour, Vogue, Cosmo, Dazed, The Metro, and many more titles, which is really exciting, and she's so well-informed on so many awesome subjects. So in this episode, we chat about how she started the feminist platform, how she faces criticism and trolls online, social media's influence on modern feminism, female friendships and the patriarchy and much more. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. You are the perfect guest for Mads World because everything that you talk about in your amazing online platform, are we calling it F-Girls? I don't ever know how to pronounce it. Yeah, F-Girls Club, but everyone says it differently. Um, a lot of people go like for girls or for girls or something like that. So yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to say it. But yeah, I say F-Girls Club. Amazing. It's such a brilliant platform and I'm really excited to, to chat about it in a minute. But um, up first, I have a few questions to ask you for our speed deck question around just so our listeners can learn a little bit more about you so my first question is what are you most passionate about oh that's really tricky um Mm. I've got I've got a few I think my main passion is just trying to do a bit of good um and like just leave stuff a little bit nicer than I started um and then the flip side very passionate about food very passionate about animals um and yeah, passionate about Taylor Swift, I would say. Those are kind of the, the keynote passions. <laughs> and favourite animal? What are your... When you're passionate about animals, what kind of animals are we talking? I love sharks. What? Um, yeah, love orca whales. Um, and then cats and dogs as well. Um, and I've been vegetarian since I was like three. So, I'm, yeah, I'm a big, Aww. big animal lover. You'll hate um, to know then the main fish that we eat in Australia is flake, which is sharks. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I feel like... I don't I don't really get when people have tears of meat that they will and won't eat I'm kind of like if you're gonna eat meat you can't really be that moral about what kind you eat I feel like um so I actually don't have many feelings about that (laughs) (laughs) fair enough and what is something that you wish more people understood about you um 
oh that's such a good question mm. i think i wish people understood more that i don't know i get a lot of people often say to me like oh you do so much like how do you do it and i always think like i suffer from burnout regularly i you know have anxiety i really have to prioritize my mental health and looking after myself so i think that's probably something i wish people knew more about me that this perception of busyness and um ambition like yes that is that is part of my life but a bigger part is managing that and um yeah being vulnerable with myself and other people and, and making sure that i'm looking after myself and not just you know always always being on i think i think people sometimes expect that and, and that's not you know no one can do that yeah and i feel like you know correct me if i'm wrong but running a platform like yours i'm sure you get loads of women reaching out and people reaching out with their own stories and their own traumas and stuff and that can be quite taxing on your mental health as well sort of being having an influx of just people's pain coming at you all yeah. the time i've had to have a lot more boundaried with it i think especially with mm. some of my poetry like poetry is so such a like a vulnerable um medium and creativity and I think that gives people the impression that they have like free access to you and even if it's always coming from like the loveliest place I think there's you know there's only so much that one person can do I'm not a trained therapist I can't answer um those kind of questions regularly but even though it's really nice that people feel comfortable coming to me for that I think there's the you know that's the blurred line with social media and feminism and this like you know um this mass vulnerability no, that's so true. And it's definitely something you have to learn. I feel like in the beginning, whenever you start these things, you kind of want to help everyone and you start off just, you know, trying to offer this advice, which people are asking for. But if you're not trained in it, you it's not safe for your own psyche, you know? Yeah. And my next question is, this one's a bit more fun. Um, what is your favorite pop culture trend or moment of the year so far? Mm, okay so we're quite early into 2023 um, mm-hmm, I, yeah. I always think about things that have happened this week I feel like the zeitgeist yeah. changes so quickly that it's really hard to remember anything that happened more than like three days ago but <laughs> this week I'm very into like that bold glamour filter and all the oh, conversations yes. around that I've just done a big feature on it um so that was good to like get that out of my system um yeah and then I guess on a more fun I don't know the Hayley Bieber Selena drama at the moment can you explain this to me because I've seen this just in a nutshell sum it up because I do not know what's going on and I'm trying to figure it out and I need an explainer it's pretty hard to understand but I think basically (laughs) it was people think that Hayley Bieber and Kylie Jenner were making fun of Selena for laminating having laminated eyebrows um or something and they were kind of mocking her and then Selena came off TikTok because there was just you know an influx of of comments and stuff and it's always just all about her and Hayley um and then since then they've you know I think just yeah TikTok has been absolutely wild with all these fan theories and like kind of team Selena team Hayley um and then yeah Jordan Woods and Pia Mia keep using rare beauty products at the moment so like using the lip liner so everyone's saying obviously that's them on team Selena um but it's just I think for me like peak ridiculous internet culture um (laughs) yeah I would hate to be on the receiving, you know, I'd hate to be Hayley or Selena in it. Them being pitted against each other isn't great. But I think also some people are trying to make it this real, like, feminist um, argument. And I kind of don't think it's that deep. I feel like they aren't really weighing in on it. Um, You know, it's just some good old-fashioned, like, internet drama. I feel like sometimes 
we miss that a little bit. Like, that's why I love Florence Pugh. I feel like she's really bringing back early 2000s, like, ridiculous celebrity and, like, just having yeah. fun with it. And I think celebrity is ridiculous and we just should have fun with it. So, yeah, I think those are the two things on my mind this week. But in terms of, like, my favourite pop culture moment, honestly, that just anything Paul Mezcal at the moment. Um, Obsessed. I was at an award <laughs> show and he was far away. I was obviously with all the normies and was not allowed to interact with him. But from afar... <laughs> Um, yeah, I just love him, and I thought After Sun was like the best film I've seen in a long time. So, just anything he does is probably my fave pop culture moment of 2023. Do you know how many people that I ask favorite pop culture moment or like celebrity crush anything? He's come up so much, and I think it is because of like since I don't know in the last six months he's just gone. He's back in his normal people era, and everyone loves it. Yeah, and I'm always like, please don't disappoint me. Him and Andrew Garfield, um, <laughs> yeah. and there's a couple of others, but you know, like out of out of those like celebrity men, I'm just like, please just never do some anything that I have to withdraw my support for you because uh, honestly, yeah, I think you're great. <laughs> it's a dangerous game. <laughs> it really is. And my final question for this round is, what is your funniest date story? Oh, I, this is so tricky because I have a lot of like dating anecdotes I don't actually think are that funny with like hindsight and age you know at the time <laughs> when you're in your early 20s you're like oh this guy like he, he was like said this or he was really weird with this and then you think that's funny mm-hmm. but um I felt like it, me and my um my partner we met in lockdown so we had a lot of park dates um and on our first one I really needed to wee so we both had to take turns in going in a bush that was a nice start <laughs> to like romance I think um <laughs> It was such a weird era looking back and like as if we like were like shivering walking around a park in mid December, like Insane. you know, walking apart from each other and then and then going into the bushes in turns to we but um but yeah, I think that's probably up there. I was actually reflecting on this this morning. I was thinking like, do you think that we will be telling like our future generations about it and how weird like it'll be so hard to explain how strange it all was because I had a few park dates as well, and you're just like, having coffee and hanging out with a stranger and you're sort of like really confronted with what a date is and it's just you and a stranger getting to know each other on the most basic level and it's just so weird yeah it's so intense and I think for me it worked out you know better than I could have imagined and I think I ended up having like an emotional connection with someone before physical and you know we've now been together almost like three years or whatever but I think it's yeah in, in on reflection I don't know how you put it into words and I think people are really struggling with that and I think collectively, like we're trying to do it almost too soon. Like we're not really even out of it. Like COVID is still around. And, you know, I feel like sometimes all these documentaries and films on that time period, it's it's too soon. Like we all need to process what mm-hmm. happened. And then and then I think we, you know, we will in a couple of generations be talking about it, like this old timey thing that we all went through. Um mm-hmm. and like, oh, you'll never understand. But yeah, but yeah for now it's really hard to name and and, and process. That's so true. Well, thank you so much for um, answering all of those questions. I'm hoping now we can have a chat about F Girls Club and how it all began because you've got an amazing online presence with F Girls Club. And as you were telling me before, you're now doing poetry and you're a journalist and it's just, you've absolutely exploded and it's just awesome to see. So can you tell me a little bit how the platform began? Yeah, of course. So F Girls, I started in 2017, I believe. I was trying to count back recently. So yeah, a a long while ago now. um, I was at my kitchen table and in my flat share at the time in East London. And I'd been mulling it over for a long time. I knew that I was frustrated. Currently, I was working in in fashion um, and fashion journalism. And I was frustrated with 
that and kind of figuring out that that maybe wasn't exactly the route of journalism I wanted to do and just feeling like in mainstream media you have to be apolitical at most of the glossies you have to water down your feminism really regularly and I just wanted somewhere where I could put the content that I wanted to consume and, and I wasn't seeing it as much there. I think 2017 was a long while, while ago in terms of internet culture and feminism and, and there weren't really many other platforms like F Girls Club I think at the time I remember not feeling like there was um, one now there are a lot more and that's brilliant like it's you know such a good community that I have with other other spaces that are similar um, but yeah then I just I just wanted to to do something on my own and be able to you know put put content and words to feelings and conversations that I was having with a lot of friends that you just didn't really see reflected in media so yeah I think I in kind of classic me fashion if I get an idea in my head or if I want to do something I just like really burrow down so I think I built the website taught myself how to code set up all the socials did that in an afternoon and then and then launched it um and it, it started more as a website and somewhere where I would commission and, and write features the more that's become my full-time job over the last you know six seven years the less it's um focuses that and the more that it's on social activism and events that's amazing and it's come so far since then just thinking like you learning to code on a random afternoon and to to what it is now so it's really really awesome to see and what do you think is the best thing about having founded such an awesome platform definitely the community I feel like it's such a nice space and because it grew quite slowly actually in terms of um I, I guess I started it without having a real goal. I didn't want it to, you know, I didn't go in thinking I want this to be a business or have X amount of followers or be this. I just wanted it to be somewhere where I could have like authentic conversations around intersectional feminism, feminism, um, patriarchy, etc. And I think through that, because it's had this slow growth, the community are very reflective of the messages we're talking about and it's not these kind of like influx of, of going viral and having maybe people that don't necessarily believe in all of all of your um all of your pillars and key key values um so I think yeah the community it's a really lovely supportive um open-minded liberal community and they're so engaged whenever we do any events they you know they show up in their matters and and just in terms of standing up for us as well like I really don't have to do any community engagement if someone's being like a bit of a dick to me on on something um, people go for them yeah and I well they just you know <laughs> and they're so eloquent and and educated mm. in, in, in these topics and I just think yeah. it's you know I really don't have to do do much of that and um, so that's one of the biggest um one of my favorite things of Beth Girls Club and in talking about your community, what do you think are the most polarizing subjects that you discuss on the platform? So obviously you were saying that people have really nuanced opinions and, you know, you don't have to believe in every single cause that the platform discusses with also believing in some. So what do you think are the most polarizing subjects? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. I think it's polarizing is so hard because I I don't I think I don't view a lot of them as polarizing. It's the feminism and politics I subscribe to, but certain to- like topics do always get a lot of hate. Um so when I talk about abortion and abortion rights there's always a load of pro-lifers. I think the main um I, polarizing doesn't feel like the right word for this, but in terms of talking about um transphobia and our trans solidarity, there's a certain demographic that gets so angry about that every time and transphobia is currently being used by the british media in you know it's it's being used to attract column inches views attention and it's and it's really la- lazy and it's scapegoating on a mass scale um and i think transphobes love being transphobic you can see it in their faces their tweets their articles and they love to engage on f girls with that stuff and and i just don't have any time for it i won't entertain it on the platform um and you know people might see, i think the argument is always free speech and it's like well no that's hate speech and that's bigotry and that's not what we're about so it's it's a tricky one i think in terms of polarizing topics there's a line for me and the feminism in politics i believe in doesn't have any time for for hate speech and and that kind of a lot of that will encapsulate the the trolling or the the different opinions we get so like you know pro life transphobia racism etc those aren't they don't they don't have any place in f girls club um so it's it's really i think because the topics we talk about are so big um and they're so meaty it's i think it is a little bit of a it's it's weirdly a little bit black and white even though the like the conversations we're having are very gray and nuanced you either are on that side of society and history or you're on the opposite one and i think there is yeah. such a divide right now yeah and do you how do you deal with that trolling and those hateful comments like i guess you know mentally for you it must be pretty tough and you said you've got your followers and your engaged audience that sort of backs you when those things happen but how do you sort of stay strong in those situations yeah i've run social um accounts for some you know some of the biggest magazines um glamour stylist and and, and i run f girls club and i feel like 
when it's a platform I can separate myself from a bit a, a bit more easily I think when it's on my personal account that's where I struggle a bit more um I generally feel if it's just debate and it's a difference of opinion then that's fine um I think as I said if it's hate speech or bigotry then block delete restrict no time for it um I think I also just if something goes really viral and I know that it's a topic where a lot of misogynists will have found me or a lot of incels will have found me which does happen I will ask a friend or loved one to look through my like message requests and you know delete any of the really awful ones but also just flag any that I don't wouldn't want to miss or any you know someone messaging about something important so I just I think not letting myself look at it all you can go through a real a real rabbit hole with that um but yeah luckily with F girls we actually day to day we don't get much I think it's those certain topics that then you get flooded with pro-lifers turfs incels but they're not following our platform they're just you know they're just doing it because that's what they do on the internet and they try and find people to be angry at um so yeah block and delete them yeah they're not welcome on on F girls um yeah it's great that you have that supportive community as well and I wanted to chat a little bit more about social media before we jump into some of the topics that you discuss most on F Girls. How do you think social media and in particular TikTok and the rise of TikTok over COVID and to how big it is now, how do you think that has influenced modern feminism? It's, I think it's a hugely democratising tool. So, you know, it's the biggest one we have in modern times. You can bring about law changes via social media and TikTok, spread education that isn't covered in schools, fight against beauty standards, you know, mobilise protests. I think there's so much good and it it's I think TikTok and social media's biggest influence on feminism is making it more accessible I don't think it necessarily changes what feminism is but it's an extension of people and it is a you know it's a real information spreader I think on the flip side for all the good it can bring about it can do the opposite you know incel culture Andrew Tate and there's very little gray area online and that can cause so much you know misunderstanding and sweeping generalizations and that can be really damaging to you know certain feminist movements and you know I feel like the kind of like dump him feminism um or that that kind of feminism you know it has its place but it is is very reductive in a lot of ways and you know probably some of the posts that on f girls club get um misinterpreted because you you know you have to use a pull quote or you say something really snappy or it has to be a you know a 30 second video and these conversations are so much bigger than that yeah so i think it its impact is really positive in terms of young girls being able to find this kind of information and education that they haven't had access to in previous generations unless you know a woman in their life is teaching them about it or they happen upon a book I think it is much more present and mainstream which is brilliant on mm-hmm. the flip side so is mainstream misogyny and also this lack of um, lack of nuance and I, and I think it's moving those conversations beyond TikTok and social like it's a great starting point but you can't have them solely on social media and on the internet like feminism is bigger than that it's mm-hmm. it's real life like you, you you know it's a great way to follow some creators and activists that you can learn a lot from learn like you know learn the language to put to your feelings but then it's about having those conversations in real life or thinking about how it affects your real life and Mm -hmm. 
you know it's not a silo it's not a vacuum um mm-hmm. so I think it, yeah it's really complex and its influence on modern feminism is more about how it's um how it's packaged rather than changing the issues or mm-hmm. the you know the the core debates and I suppose, like you said, it's it's a tool, like an extension of the discussion rather than the whole discussion. So in terms of the, the conversation itself, how do you think in the last few years, and I know that you mentioned beauty filters before, which is obviously like trending at the moment and it's just become a huge conversation, but how do you think the discussion has changed around female beauty and the male gaze? And this encompasses things like body hair as well, because obviously that conversation is it's just amped up so much and the empowerment that women are feeling to take control back is Mm. amazing. What would you say in regards to that? I think, I think it's, it's brilliant that these conversations are happening somewhere that is so accessible. So, you know, young girls can learn that they can have body hair or their skin can look a certain way. Again, I think on the flip side, beauty standards have become so intensified with social media and they've become more and more ridiculous, you know, like, these filters and these you know editing tools and the you know the tiny waist and the perfect skin and the perfect hair at all times and these really curated like aesthetics clean girl aesthetic you know what vanilla girl one is one I saw mm-hmm. the other day I, I think the it's, buccal fat thing the yeah buccal fat removal thing I mean that's another thing where it transcends into real life beyond social media yeah and it's really hard to, to decide or feel it if it's wholly pes- like positive or negative like I feel like yeah. its influence is probably neutral and it's again more this extension of people and I think there is this very like trite brand of beauty inclusivity that is very popular on TikTok and, inf- and Instagram right now and um well it was popular on Instagram about three years ago but it's kind of coming to TikTok and it's you know women who hit basically every westernized Eurocentric beauty ideal and they're like contorting themselves into certain poses and it's being packaged as this like act of bravery you know like squishing their roles together zooming in on like a single spot um and that isn't radical that's co-opting and that's co-opting movements that were started by fat black women in body positivity yeah it's not intersectional feminism yeah yeah and and that's being I think those accounts are usually the ones that have the most followers they're the ones that make the most money and and I think there's a lot of brilliant people with platforms that you know we need to see more of and they're the voices I would love to hear more of on social media and it's it, yeah it's a really hard I think it has changed the discussion over over the male gaze and body image and I think it's much more prevalent but it's also giving us a lot more insecurities and it's it's very layered and for every good maybe there's bad and it's just you know it's such a messy complicated time to be alive and to be a young woman and and I honestly always think about I'm really glad I'm not a teenager right now like I think it it is it probably is harder and you know there's this usually you know that stereotype of boomers or millennials being like oh it was so much harder in my day like I disagree I don't think it was I think this is there's so much more to navigate now with the pressures of online as well as that we had in real life and you know I hope that places like F Girls Club and other accounts can offer some solace and some like you know a bit of refreshment in those in those in those spaces because you know being I think I really had I've had wake-up calls over the last few years of being like what I believe you know you're in this bubble where everyone around you and everyone you follow believes that too because of why would you engage with misogynists or people that are so far from what you believe in but then you become very 
you know it's a it's a bubble and yeah and you forget how bad some of the rest of the internet is and maybe like you know I don't know what what your average person's for you page looks like um so yeah it's it's tricky I guess as well then if we're not having those discussions with people it's hard to actually influence and change people's minds and then when people get to the polling booths like that's how people like Trump can get in and and, you know we're shocked because in our bubble Mm. that sort of those discussions don't exist and then you're sort of like how is the average like how has this happened but then I guess it's sort of if you block out those conversations like you see someone being racist on social media you can block delete it ignore it but if you don't engage but then it's also like you have to protect yourself like and it's especially not minority groups as a responsibility to engage Mm -hmm. with these people either but then I guess the question is how do we actually make a difference to to these people yeah and that's that that's the big question yeah and I think that's what we're (laughs) all trying to do and and you know I always and I think it starts it's my focus is younger people now like I'm Mm. I'm doing a bit more work in schools and talks and stuff and and I think that's more where I want trying to focus my energy this year I just keep thinking Mm. you know how do you bring about actual change and you know social media is a brilliant tool for activists and for campaigners and it you know it has done wonderful things and it's but it's just a tool and it's an extension of something and and where can you bring those conversations where they aren't already happening you know like I love those conversations on F girls but the people that follow us are, are already subscribed to that they already believe that so you know where can you where can you have those conversations elsewhere it's why I love to write you know quite meaty feminist pieces for places like glamour or you know other women's magazines that historically maybe um weren't so feminist or that you know they are now but maybe some of their audience still you know you're, you can still teach them something and you can try and challenge their mindset a little bit more um and it's you know around election time like go canvassing like you know that that really that's something you can proactively do and and it's trying to meld what we do online to our real life actions um, in a safe way, obviously. And I think, you know, as a white woman, like I have more safety and privilege and, and I should, you know, I, I feel a responsibility to, to do as much as, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it really interesting as well. You mentioned before about, you know, people who are in a more privileged position who are commodifying that body image and making it something that is you know, you can sponsor or something that, and it's sort of like taking the voice or taking the platform away from the fat black women that started this movement. How do you think that influencers or creators like that can be intersectional feminists, but still help people to feel more confident and help people to feel more comfortable in their own skin? Yeah, I think there are some that are doing it really well. I think it's calling a spade a spade a bit more. It's not co-opting a movement. It's saying, you know, it's owning that they're mid-size and it's owning that, you know, they aren't plus size or they are a certain beauty ideal. And that doesn't mean that they aren't allowed to have insecurities or they can't give confidence to other women. That's amazing. Like, you know, there's room for everyone. I really do believe that, but it's, it's not taking from someone else. It's not taking from, from the movement or a campaign that you didn't, um, that, you know, you're, you're not helping. It's, it's shedding light on content creators that are potentially, you know, share, share other people's content um and just yeah calling it what it is I think you know the hashtag body positivity movement has got has just been changed so much it's barely recognizable and and it's just I think having a little bit of self-awareness um over you know over what you're doing what you stand for and that doesn't mean that you're doing and you know it doesn't mean the content is wrong it's how you're how you're packaging it and how you're making money off of it um in particular spaces and 
in a bit of a different different thread, do you think that female friendships are difficult to navigate or is it just something that the patriarchy tells us? Because like we were saying before with the whole Selena Gomez controversy at the moment, you know, the media loves pitting women against each other. You know, we, we're always hearing these conversations about how females are naturally competitive and it's difficult to to have these friendships. But what would you say in regards to that? It's such a big question and I think it, you know, female friendships and friendships between women are so beautiful and they're so sacred and they're really vital to our existence and happiness. And I think that is born from the patriarchy. Like we have this need to feel heard and feel safe and feel loved. And, you know, you don't get that on, this is very talking very broadly and in kind of quotations from, from men when you're living in a patriarchy in the same way. And so women, you know, we've had to prioritize our friendships and it's becoming this, you know, you know, I think female friendships are a armor in life and they are so important but then you know because of that we put so much weight on them and they are really intense and um you know that can make them hard to navigate but they're not as hard to navigate as like mainstream media and teen high school films would have us believe I think but it's yeah we've internalized those tropes I guess and so it's unlearning that like you know it's unlearning that women aren't bitchy it's unlearning that like someone's going to stab you on the back or that you know female friendships are hierarchical mm-hmm. um but it's yeah it's chicken and egg isn't it I think it's yeah. when, you know I, I guess your question was like is that just is it hard to navigate and that is that something patriarchy tells us like yes but there it's also kind of something that the patriarchy created mm. so how do we how do we go around it but you know I think mm-hmm. my friendships with women are like is the most important thing in my life and I and I know most women in my life would say the same thing yeah. and that's so amazing and I think it's focusing on on you know owning that and prioritizing our friendships over you know romance or Mm -hmm. or at least putting on a level playing field with romance and with career and that will help us to kind of re-educate um people and challenge those like patriarch you know misogynist ideas that women's friendships are surface and bitchy and Mm -hmm. uh, you know um, hard to navigate. And I loved what you said then as well about prioritizing or putting it on the same playing field because there's so much focus on romantic love and sexual love and dating when, you know, some of the best loves of our lives will be our female friendships or, you know, platonic relationships that we have with people. So I think, yeah, that's such a beautiful way to put it is like keeping it at the forefront. I'm someone who gets sucked into a relationship so easily and I always try mm. and be better, but it's just something that you know what you can't just wait until you're out of a relationship and then expect all your friends to still be there when you've not been nurturing those friendships so I think it's just something to to keep in mind like how valuable that is definitely and I think even that thing you know as you said you know if you're one of those people that that jumps into relationships or really prioritizes them it's also being easy on yourself with that like and being kind to yourself about that because we've been told to do that like it's of course that's what our natural instinct is because we've only ever been told as young girls and socialized to 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 prioritize that and you know unlearning that is something that you have to do consciously and it's not just going to happen and it you know you will mess up and it will be hard and and I think it's yeah it's it's great to you know I think we should all be prioritizing these friendships but then if you know if you can't or you don't the first few times or you know you make mistakes and that's that's totally understandable Mm -hmm. I think being kind to yourself is such great advice even though it's sometimes easier said than done um what would what would your best advice be to people feeling the effects of the patriarchy and how would you 
you know, I know we talked about where you draw strength from earlier, but what would your best advice be to anyone listening? I think we we all feel the effects of the patriarchy. Um, but if it's something that you're conscious about and angry at, then try and channel it into action. You know, small actions like calling out your uncle for his casual sexism if you're in a safe space, writing to an MP or signing a petition. Um, and then, you know, bigger actions, join a protest. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of performative activism and people should do more than just, you know, retweet. But I think the focus is, and onus is always put on women and actually with the patriarchy, the patriarchy affects men too. It affects everyone. And most men might not want to hear that or believe that yet, but the men who do, I think it's going beyond the bare minimum. And it's not just, you know, whispering to a girl in a bar that he's trying to like chat up that he's a feminist. It's actually turning that into action. Um, you know, I would say to men, like, don't just repeat sound bites of what you've heard women say to appear like an ally. It's, you know, really try and understand what they're saying and then apply it to your own actions. Um, and yeah, and I think that would be my advice. I think everyone everyone feels the effect of the patriarchy. Is the first step is to accept that, learn what that looks like, and then try and, and try and do something about it. And that can be small or big, and you know, can be to everyone's comfort levels. But it's also not only on you know women and non-binary people to um, to pursue that. You know, we can't do much without men in terms of changing the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. This has been such an amazing chat. And yeah, I'm just so proud of how far F Girls has come and everything you're achieving. And what's next for the platform? Thank you. What's next? Well, I've, so I've just gone freelance. Um, so I quit my full-time job and I, yeah, it was just wow. the last week. So I should have more time for everything is, yeah. is the goal. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got too many ideas and I need to pick one. <laughs> so we will see. But yeah, definitely more events this year. I think now the world's opened back up. Um, I want to get back into doing those. That sounds so fun. I'll definitely be at some of those. So yes, thank you very much for joining. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Chloe. Please let me know on my socials if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share for the podcast. Love and elbow taps. Peace. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 